Welcome in everyone to the 26th episode of the Deep Dive Dynasty Podcast here with Colin and Toby. Good morning. Good morning everybody. Week 5 is in the books and we have seen a lot of players jump up Dynasty rankings, explode on the field, and that is exactly what we were hoping to see this year. Hopefully we continue to see it. Here's a little quick question for you, Toby. How confident are you that we're seeing this entire season all the way through? Unconfident. <laughs> it is something I worry about on a daily basis when checking notifications, but... Yeah, does everyone, I mean, does everyone have that moment when they wake up where they just look at their phone and like, okay, please, let's, uh, let's have no new tests. I do that. Make sure to keep up with everything that we're doing at Deep Dive Dynasty on Twitter. And we're going to get into our topic today, which is the players that have exploded to an extent that they are now ranked top 12 at their position. So we're talking about quarterbacks who have jumped into that top 12, wide receivers, etc. We're going to start it off with quarterbacks. This is a player who was probably on the fringe of top 12. I know we had him ranked somewhat high before the season, but he has definitely secured himself atop the rankings, and that is Josh Allen. We were both big fans of Josh Allen coming into this year, but I definitely had to acknowledge the significant risk that if he were to lose this season for the Bills, there's potential that he could be replaced, and that is very painfully obviously not happening he's been absolutely fantastic in terms of fantasy he is the quarterback four which is fantastic he's giving you that edge over the opposition in your leagues and you can continue to rely on him we saw in this most recent week he had his worst game yet and that was still in my standard scoring of leagues 18.32 points as a quarterback that's still decent you haven't been ruined by him at all we already know that his rushing ability is going to give him that floor that he's not really going to bottom out for you you're not usually going to be ruined by a type of player that's going to as a baseline at least give you a decent amount of rushing but what has really improved this season has been his passing he's definitely changed up his mechanics and become more accurate with the ball and then of course he was given his new favorite weapon, which is Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs has been great. He's been exactly as advertised, and I'm sure the Bills are happy with that trade because it has leveled up their quarterback all the way up to, in my opinion, a locked-in top-five option in Dynasty. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And while he's always had that rushing ability, that latent passing ability, he's really tapped into this year. Yes, Diggs is part of it, but also it's just his decision-making on the field has magically over the offseason. I'm sure he's put in work and whatever, but (laughs) it's just taken such a leap to the point that before, when I was watching Josh Allen rip it, I used to go, wow, he can throw really far, but I was never expecting anything special to happen. Whereas now, I feel like he's throwing it further with better accuracy, but now with Diggs, he can throw stuff underneath. He's locked in top five. Yep. Yeah, he's been great. Another quarterback that I'd like to bring up as a top 12 name might just be fringe top 12 right now, but Justin Herbert, in my opinion, has cemented that top 12. I think last night was there, or two nights ago, Monday Night Football against the Saints. First time in NFL history a rookie throws four TDs on Monday Night Football. That's a useless stat, but still, I think he needed that primetime performance for people to notice that, yes, Justin Herbert is not going to secede this job 
to Tyrod Taylor when Tyrod Taylor's healthy. Justin Herbert is the rookie that they drafted as high as they wanted to. He has the arm talent, and I think he's going to have a pretty rocky rookie year. I don't think he's going to have extraordinary finishes in redraft, and I don't think people are going to give him enough credit. I would say that in terms of the next four or five years he's in the league, this may very well be his worst year to be thrown in as, as he has done. This is a guy that the Chargers organization wants to have around. It's why they drafted him so high. And I think that he's a locked-in starter for next year and many, many years to come. Herbert has been great, and actually the primetime performance really does matter to me, specifically when it comes to him, because throughout his college career, he actually disappeared or played quite poorly in important games. And being on the big stage now, he's done anything but he's been great. And a lot of the concerns that I had with him coming into the NFL, he hasn't shown to a great degree yet. The, the system that he was in in Oregon really insulated him. They made him throw a ton of checkdowns. He was essentially Philip Rivers out there in college. And although we all knew he had the deep ball, and of course he brought it out sometimes at Oregon, he has been been set free to throw the ball deep a lot more with the Chargers, and it's been great to see not only his poise, but his accuracy downfield. And when you give him a target like Mike Williams down the field, along oh. with Hunter Henry going deep, and then Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler coming in short for these dump-off safe options, he really does have the weapons there to succeed. And Although I definitely doubted him before, you can't now that he should be a top 12 option at the quarterback position. He's been fantastic. Another guy I wanted to throw in, we already had him at top 12 before the season, but that's Joe Burrow. He's just been everything you've ever wanted. Honestly, out of a prospect, you couldn't hope for much more. He may not have the weapons that Herbert has so far in their rookie seasons, but in my opinion, he still does look like the better quarterback. He's going to continue to elevate. Hopefully he will continue to get more weapons. Something a little better than the ghost of AJ Green would be great. (laughs) But yeah, we don't need to spend too much time with him because honestly, he hasn't been a surprise, but he's just been good. Yep. Moving on to wide receivers that have cemented themselves as top 12 prospects for Dynasty. Or not prospects, just top 12 guys. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf was everyone's darling, not not this season, but last offseason when he posted a shirtless pick, and I feel like that created a lot of divisiveness in the Dynasty community for people overvaluing him because of his body, for people undervaluing him to be contrarian to that, but on the field, DK has been nothing short of fantastic, especially this season, he has proven that he's the alpha over Tyler Lockett. Um, he's, again, he didn't really need the big primetime performance with the Dolphins, but he comes in clutch. He's the guy who Russell Wilson loves to throw to on big third down situations, on the deep passes, on short stuff. DK Metcalf, especially with Russell Wilson being uncorked as he has been, is a venerable top 12 guy. And I think he could, he will finish the season as a top 12 guy, in my opinion. No question mm-hmm, for Redraft as well. I don't think Russell Wilson will continue his pace of... You know, people sure, say that yeah. people say that every season that his numbers are a bit unsustainable, but they truly are, even for him this season. I think he will regress back to 
his already elite level that he's been at his whole career. So with that, DK and Lockett won't continue to absolutely explode, or Lockett really hasn't in the last two weeks. But DK has been off the charts. I will admit I was wrong about him coming out as a rookie. I was not that excited about him at all. I was very scared with the limited route tree and his limitations as a wide receiver, but obviously with any player like that, depending on how they operate, DK Metcalf puts in the work and he has been to improve and refine his game, and he, in the last two seasons of any wide receiver, he is the most improved. He has taken his game to a totally new level. We already knew that his physical gifts were there, and when you hear about things like him going to Russell Wilson's house and playing on their private field every day throughout the offseason to continue to build that rapport between the two of them. Yeah, that stuff matters a lot. And a player that was somewhat unrefined for him to have that type of work ethic matters a ton, and it shows on the field. He's another level of a player than he was. He has significantly improved, and he is absolutely a top 12 option at wide receiver. Someone who's actually scored even more points than him so far, which is a bit of a surprise to me considering the one game, is also Calvin Ridley. He was, in my opinion, already a bit of a fringe top 12 option, but he has really exploded this season, especially in the first two weeks where he scored four touchdowns over those two weeks and since has declined a bit, including week four in which he had five targets and zero receptions, but Calvin Ridley has, in my opinion, really usurped Julio Jones as the number one option. The only question that I see with Calvin Ridley is because he has benefited from Julio being there his whole career, it's just simply, can he handle that number one coverage? I truly don't understand the Falcons offense in this. There's a, there's a lot of weird things to do with it. Why has Julio never been able to catch touchdowns, and why has Ridley been able to catch 10 a year? Yeah. There, there are certain things like that that simply don't make sense, but a big factor in the ease at which Ridley can find himself open in the red zone is he is not seeing that number one coverage when Julio is around, and he definitely benefits from that, but regardless, everything I see from Ridley is that he has continued to step up his game, he is the mold of an alpha-type wide receiver, and I think he will continue to be when he is simply still at the young age of 25, you know he's going to be a locked-in top option for a long time. Yeah, and I think, I mean, he'll be a number one option even when Julio leaves the league. Mm-hmm. So it's about can he handle the coverage, and I think he's one of the guys that can. He's a separator, he's a route runner. That, I think, definitely works to his advantage. He's not just your designated slot guy, not just an outside threat. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Him. I agree. Now, here's a guy that obviously his stock went momentarily down for this season because of the horrific injury to Dak Prescott. So sucky. But in terms of wide receivers, C.D. Lamb. Man, does he look really good at football. Mm-hmm. I remember the draft, the Cowboys essentially stealing him for a pretty late draft price. and Yeah, everyone was stupid to overlook him. Yeah, and he's proven them wrong. I think you, you can operate with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder that, well, I feel like I'm a bonafide first rounder, and um, he is. 
C.D. Lamb running his routes, catching the ball. He's doing all the things right you can do as a rookie, especially as coming in as essentially a wide receiver three. You got Cooper and Gallup, both of those guys, no schmucks. <laughs> Pretty great talent he's competing out, out, out there, and C.D. Lamb is making his presence felt and impact every single game. In terms of actual stats as well, it's the targets that I love the most about C.D. 6, 9, 7, 7, 11. He is getting opportunities, and... I mean, for the most part, he's absolutely capitalizing. He only had one game with touchdowns in it, actually had two that game, but that stuff I don't think is a sticky stat. The number of stat percentages he's getting and targets he's getting, C.D. Lamb is such an exciting long-term prospect. Even with Dak out for as long as he may be out, C.D. Lamb is a guy that Colin and I were just saying before the show, we want to trade for. This is a guy we want on our rosters. Totally. Another rookie who... We have some internal debate about whether he should be in this top 12 or not. I think he should be. It's Justin Jefferson. He has absolutely showed off everything that I wanted to see from him early in his NFL career. And we already talked about how great Diggs has been for Josh Allen. Well, he left Minnesota and his job was completely gobbled up by Justin Jefferson. And in my opinion, if I'm going to have to take one of those two on my dynasty roster right now, it is Justin Jefferson despite really liking Diggs. In his first two games, you never can put too much stock into early wide receiver rookie stats, but he only had three targets and then three targets in the first two weeks, but then he had his coming out party with nine targets, seven receptions, and 175 yards. This player, compared to CeeDee Lamb, is not as good of a redraft asset, but he absolutely still is usable and startable. But what really matters to me when I'm looking at a dynasty asset is the actual play of the player. And he has been the number one graded wide receiver in the NFL up to this point. And weirdly enough, number two is Adam Thielen on the same team. These two players are absolutely saving Kirk Cousins' career. They're both looking fantastic. And Justin Jefferson even if he is not the most usable guy this year, which, by the way, I do think he will be. I am happy to roster him in any league, even if it is just a redraft league. He is going to be usable, especially down the stretch for this team. But Justin Jefferson's buy window is definitely closing. Obviously, anyone who owns him knows that he is very good, and you are going to have to pay a lot for him. But in my opinion, I would pay for him as much as I would pay for any other top 12 guy. So I'm willing to put a early first, multiple firsts, something like that on the table to get a guy that I am confident as a 21-year-old has already jumped in as a top 12 wide receiver in Dynasty. He is going to be elite for a long time. Adam Thielen's eventually going to be gone. And Justin Jefferson has showed to me through college and through this early bit of his rookie career that he deserves to be in that top 12 conversation. You're, you're all aboard the Jefferson Express. I love listen, it. I, I was the resident Jefferson lover, and the only reason oh, he's I don't know about that. I think we both were. Okay, we, were, we, <laughs> we love Justin Jefferson over here, but I think the only reason why I wouldn't put him in the top 12 yet, he's like 14, 13, 15 type range. He is right there for me. I just want to see him produce a little bit more. The five-game sample size for me just makes me slightly nervous. I want to make sure that he's, for example, Chase Claypool. 
Chase Claypool, love him. Big Steelers fan. I think he's an awesome guy. I'm not going out to buy him as an asset quite yet. Jefferson is better in a million different ways, but I just want to make sure that he, those two monster performances he has are actually replicable. I think they are. That's why he's still going to be way up there in the rankings. I just want to see maybe a little bit more from him, which I also recognize could close that buy window. So Yeah, fair enough. Either way, you're going to be after paying a lot. Yeah, for sure. Last name on the list for us today is a tight end by the name of Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith has broken out. This is a guy that I believed was a top 12 before. I was snagging him in quite a few redraft leagues come the ending rounds. But Jonu Smith is definitely a part of this Titans offense, especially with their wide receiving core being as transient as it can be. Jonu Smith has been quite a standard, solid guy at tight end. In terms of receiving... Again, seven targets, five targets, eight targets, seven targets, and five touchdown passes. Which is insane. He's, I was listening to the Bears announcer the other day saying, oh, they love going to Jimmy Graham in the end zone. And I was just thinking, why would you love doing that? <laughs> so silly. But the Titans love going to Johnny Smith in the end zone. And it's because he's an amazing athlete. He's still young at age 25. He's becoming an integral part of the offense. He runs short routes. He runs long routes. He runs the rest that are making the top 12 asset for me, no question. This is an offense, simply enough, that I want to buy into a lot. I really do like the player, but in terms of where I want to invest in this offense, I've never really been a big Derrick Henry guy. I think that Corey Davis is really nothing. You essentially, in my mind, of this offense in terms of assets that I really want long-term, You have Tannehill, who I think is always underrated now that he has taken a job and gotten paid in this offense. He's going to be locked in there for the next five years. And then you have his two favorite receiving options, which are A.J. Brown, who is incredibly expensive, and Johnny Smith, who is not that expensive yet. So I do believe that despite him blowing up, he is still a good buy because... People are not going to believe that he is a full-on top-end option at the tight end position, but he will be for the season, even though those touchdowns will not be sustainable. What we've seen so far out of Jonu Smith is he has the upside that very few tight ends have. I expect him to have a similar season to someone like Darren Waller last year, but if he continues the touchdown pace that Waller was not able to get in his breakout season... Johnny Smith really could end up as a very top-end tight end, and I'm excited for him. As am I. This has been a pretty quick episode, everyone, but we have really just blasted through these guys. I'm really excited about each of them. They have leveled up their play. And that just brings us to the Guess That Dynasty buy. And I have five hints here for Toby that will give him sequentially easier clues as to which player I am suggesting that he needs to go buy in Dynasty. Toby, are you ready to get going? I'm ready. Okay, my first hint is that this player was drafted in the second round of the 2011 draft. Oh dear, okay. <laughs> let me let me pull back to 2011. Okay, nine years ago. He's old. He's, he is he's old. old. Yes. I would almost guarantee he's 30. Maybe 29. Um, old guy, old guy, old guy. Jameson Crowder. 
No, he's not actually there. Hold on. I, don't, I retract that. I retract that. I retract that. Jason Crowder is, I believe, 27. I mean, you're just trying to get in my head. You know I love some Jameson Crowder. Uh, I don't know if it's a little too early to take a victory lap on that one, but can yeah. I just say... Yeah, uh, uh, oh, you can take that. You can take that. Um, I will say Adam Thielen. Makes sense as a guess, but it is not Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen was actually undrafted, so... Yeah, I should... Yeah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here is the second clue. This player was the quarterback 24 exactly in both the 2018 and 2019 seasons, but he did miss a few games in each of those. Derek Carr. It's a good guess, but it is not Derek Carr. Hint number three, this player joined his current team this offseason. <laughs> Everyone I'm thinking of just has... Like a stat that wouldn't let let them go. Like I'm thinking of guys like Nick Foles. It's not Nick Foles, but that is the exact correct age range. I'll give you that at least. Hint number four is that this quarterback now has two of the top ten fantasy wide receivers to throw to. Man, how am I getting this guy? It's not... I'll quickly go over the hints again. I said that this player was drafted in the second round of the 2011 draft. This player was the quarterback 24 in both the 2018 and 2019 seasons. This player joined his current team this offseason, and this quarterback has two of the top 10 fantasy wide receivers to throw to. Andy Dalton. It's Andy Dalton. You got there. I knew you'd get there eventually. Well, he was, it was one of the first names I was thinking of, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't sure how old he was. He's 32. <laughs> okay, makes sense. And uh, the giveaway hint at the end was going to be that due to injury, week six will be this player's first start yeah. of the season. I, I get this dynasty vibe. <laughs> yeah, it I makes understand. a lot of sense. I think the case is simple to be made for Andy Dalton. In my opinion, he is an absolute locked-in top 10 quarterback for the rest of the year. No doubt about it. I am confident if you are in a super flex league, he is worth the buy because he is going to give you an advantage simply due to his weapons and the offense that he is in. It does not matter to me. His up-and-down tendencies in Cincinnati, this is a new system, one that is so much better than anything he has played in his career, and simple checkdowns to CeeDee Lamb in the slot are going to go for 80 yards. And I think Andy Dalton is absolutely a good backup quarterback. If you were to compare him to almost any backup in the league, I would absolutely take him. I don't see this as a long-term buy. This is the type of player that... If you are going for a championship, especially in a super flex league, add Andy Dalton to your lineup. Give yourself another positional advantage over most of your competition. If this guy can be your super flex guy, your second quarterback in your roster, you're absolutely going to be locked in. And that will help you contend for a championship, which in the end is what this is all about. Go getting that victory. So I love Andy Dalton as a cheap one-year rental who is going to give you great returns on what you have to pay for him right now. I'm trying to do so myself. Yeah, and 
anyone who's feeling super pessimistic about him, you need only watch when he hopped in the game and then went and won the game for yep. them. Uh, 11 attempts, 9 completions for 111 yards. Yeah. And like then they kicked the field goal to win. He's, he's more than serviceable. He is a guy that I agree. He's a nice to buy. I'm with it. And I should have got it sooner. <laughs> yeah, I knew when, when you were taking a bit, I was like, he's going to hate it when he realizes <laughs> That's it, everyone. That's our 26th episode in the books. You can find us on Twitter at Deep Dive Dynasty. We're your two guys, Colin and Toby. Have a good one. Peace out.